All right, Black Tigers, welcome. Part two today on seasons of womanhood. Seasons of mothering. Motherhood, yes. And what how men can serve that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you have to have really big balls to be a woman, Lisa Black. We should make (laughs) t-shirts. We should make t-shirts and caps. I can see you wearing that backwards. No, never mind. All right, baby. So, okay, last week, let's review real quick. We we hit, uh, there's lots of seasons in motherhood. Yes. And mothering means if you're a foster mother, a stepmother, an adoptive mother. You, you are a mother. You, if you don't have children, you still have a mothering spirit. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that, right? And then there's so many seasons of mothering, and some of them are really difficult, especially as you birth a child. And we, ooh, I love this. We changed Postpartum depression. To post? A- adjustment. Po- Did no. we? I don't remember no, what you no, said. No, no, no. Postpartum <laughs> celebration. I don't, I don't remember know. either. I don't know. Anyway, we're, ch- we're, we're redeeming words because yes. like midlife crisis for men uh, is, like I said last time, BS. It's, uh, we don't go, go into midlife crisis. Our, we do change. And it just means we transform into something better. Hopefully you're becoming a king. We don't need to go get a little and girlfriend a in a sports car. Yeah. yeah. And so redeeming That's going words. backwards, okay. basically. Yeah. So take us into uh, part two of this. And um, I-, I love this because we're getting great feedback. On, you know, young mothers especially really need this. But I want the guys to know how to serve this. And we talked about it on the, on the last podcast that you really taught me that it, it was ultimately going to just be you and I. And we had to have that time together throughout our whole marriage. And we made that priority. And if we stopped fostering this, it was going to hurt our children. Yeah. So you're so watching not us, taking care of your marriage is bad parenting. You're watching us on video. So you just saw my wife grab my chest. I didn't grab hers. It was awesome. On our Patreon site, if you're watching video, recipe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Welcome. Let's go. We have nice boobies. All right. Okay. So um, I just wanted to do a quick little conversation about working mothers. All mothers, of course, are working. A lot of controversy out there, a lot of social media um, shaming, which is just pathetic because we need to be supporting each other. And I think most women do want to work outside the home. Um, and I can tell you why, because laundry and babies and um, cooking is this cycle that never ends. Yes. And other than Mother's Day, nobody says you did such a great job. You know, and I would prepare these meals that I really put a lot of time and effort into and I present it to the family and it was like, well, I don't like that. And I don't want that. Or I don't like vegetables. I don't like green things or whatever. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to nurture you and love you people through this. And it's criticized. Um, and you're told more about what you're not doing enough of than what you're doing right. Well, and I was, that's absolutely 100% true. And yes, I don't like vegetables. Thank you very much. She pointed at me on the video for those of you not watching. Um, and I would say that women are really damn good at their jobs. Yeah, we are good at and our we, jobs. And I, I, again, bragging on my daughter-in-law. She's got a two-year-old, a seven-year-old. They've adopted a teenager, her and my son. Uh, and she's got a career. She has a real, she has a big career. She's incredible at it. And she's raising millions of dollars for inner city initiatives. And so it's all, it's both and always. And I think she would tell us that she always feels a little torn. And I always felt a little torn when I was at work. I was thinking about my family. And I, when I was with my family, I was thinking about my projects and things I need to be working on. The reason women love working outside the home is because my boss would sit me down and say, you are an excellent leader. You're a great employee. 
we really appreciate what you're doing for us. We want to give you a raise. And you're like, oh, what I'm doing matters and someone noticed. And often when we are raising small children, it doesn't feel like anyone notices. And it's it's extremely hard work. Okay. And I would say that's true. Just shout out to us guys. Yeah, absolutely. For us men as well. Absolutely. We, we get accolades at work. We get pats on the back. I mean, I had a young couple. The guy said to me the other day, you know what? She can leave because at work, they all think I'm awesome. And now I'm an awesome dad. I keep getting raises and she just doesn't like me. And the, and the truth is, is that it needs to go both ways. It's sad. We That's really sad when we don't appreciate to each other. celebrate one another. Yes. And someone asked us the other day, like, why, what, what, if you could give me one word about why your marriage is awesome, it's because we try to outserve each other. Yes. And well, we- I do outserve you, but. <laughs> let that go. No, we, you bring me tea. You make breakfast. I iron your shirts. I, um, I'm crisp in my turquoise. Yes. We think of each other and we don't, we're not keeping track of, I did this for you. You better do this for me, especially mentally. We're not communicating with each other. We just try to outserve each other. And that takes years to figure out the vibe. And, and, and again, for those of you listening to the podcast with us, uh, you don't need to be right in marriage. You just need to love each other. Well, yeah. So if you are a woman that loves working outside the home or has to work outside the home, like I did, I really didn't have a choice as a single mom, then you, uh, here's the thing is the guilt is, it seems like it's always there, but really it is the quality time. And the key is to find whoever is with your children that they are meeting their needs and they are nurturing and that they're, you know, that's why I really do feel like we're supposed to work together. Like grandmas need to, I do feel like when we go visit our kids. I, I wish I was closer because I would love to like have quality time with my grandchildren and give my daughter-in-law a chance to do some of the things that she needs to do without people hanging on her. Right. So it'd be great if we work together, but it, it, it do the best. We're all doing the best we can and your kids aren't going to remember how much you screwed up when they were little. They have a lot more grace for that. Um, They probably won't feel abandoned because they're not, they're just, if their needs are being met, they're okay. They do want to be with their parents. Yes. And so when you are done, that's the, the, it is going to cost you a little bit because at the end of the day, when you're tired and you'd really like to unwind your children for fathers and mothers are going to need you. And if you give them focused time and you're really present, it does give you some extra leeway like I will, st- I would start off something with our kids and be really present. And then they would kind of carry it along and I didn't need to be there and I could go do what I needed to do as they got older. Yeah. Well, it's all about, again, it's so simple quality time, not just quantity. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to put a video in front of their face 24 seven as a babysitter. I know you need to do that just to get a breath and to get a break, but we see that overdone quite a bit where the video becomes the parent basically. Yeah. That's not good. You don't want to do that. That's not good. And, um, our daughter-in-law has figured out, we were just visiting with them, how to work together with other moms in the neighborhood. And instead of spending, you know, all this money on a nanny, they kind of made one of their homes per week, like the preschool. And they all pitched in with food for lunch for the kids. They hired a really qualified woman. It's a great idea. Fantastic she's she's idea. getting paid really well. The kids are playing together. They're yeah. in their home. It worked out really. It's working That's out. That's awesome. Well. Yeah. And then, you, and then you have to adjust when the nanny quits. So... That we we kind of talked about the baby years and the intensity. It is a the baby years are the most physically exhausting for the parents. Your sleep is disturbed. You are constantly serving. 
you're wiping things constantly. But we're not doing those our twenty somethings right now. No, we ignore our twenty somethings. <laughs> we, but you can call them back when you have time. Yes, they make you. You can make them wait. That's true. And so the key to mothering well is taking care of yourself. Okay. Wow. So the key to mothering well is taking care of yourself. Yes. Okay. And I think real frustration comes in when we're expecting our husband to take care of us while we're taking care of other people. That's a lot of pressure for him to, first of all, guess what you need. Second of all, be the main provider. Of and that. by the way, we do have to guess because we don't know. They don't know. So it's a really good time to have a conversation yeah. about how to work together. And I think young married couples with small children have to talk about, listen, this is going to be the next six years of our life. I would prefer not to just survive it. I would prefer to thrive in it. I know you do too. How can we make this work for both of us? Yeah. And fathers do need to understand if they're, they're the mother of their children is home all day with their small children. They too, after a work day, want to come home and let go. This is not the season where it's all about you. Right. And it's a season and it's going to go fast yeah. and you're going to mess it up and you're going to fail at it. And it's going to be really hard. And that's good too. That's okay. Yeah. It, it makes the next season worth it. Yeah. Oh. You really, that's true. Is if you just kind of, I found that when I submit to a season, I really enjoy the next season. Right. So when I really just submitted point. to the fact that there, there's going to be small children and shoes and pacifiers everywhere. When that, when I got to get rid of those things and they got more independent, I really appreciated it because I remembered what those days were like yes. and how it cost me. So how do you take care of yourself when you're taking care of everybody else? Okay. Yeah. So it's, talk to us. Yeah. It's dependent on your personality and what you need. Okay. The, the way that I, as an introvert, it was very difficult for me to be constantly having conversations with six short people um, because they all had a lot to say yeah. and they all wanted eye contact and they all wanted me to listen. And I knew this was really important, but my mind is like, Oh God, I have to do this. I have to do that. And so my breakaway <laughs> was in my bedroom alone. Yes. And I lied to them a lot. You did. I did. I said, I have a headache. I'm just going to go lay down for a minute. I didn't have a headache. I just didn't want to hear voices. <laughs> Because if I was going to do the rest of the day, I needed 15 minutes to stare at the ceiling with no noise. Yes. And so that's when the videos kind of are great. Yeah, right. If, absolutely. If you can get no, they're, 20 they're minutes and they're, they're, they're it's, I don't think it should be a, a four hour, five hour thing a day, right. but for 20 minutes, it's, it saves you. Absolutely. And yeah. they're great babysitters for that. Yes. That and hope, and go ahead and make it something educational. So you're being educated while you're working inside your own brain. <laughs> But um, I did try to make things really fun. So like when it was time to go back to school, we, you know, it was, it was five carts for five kids. I gave them all their own cart. They had their own list and we would, you know, throw things in the cart that it was like, like it was a basketball. Yeah, yeah. And then when we get home, we dump out all of our treasures for school and we do the, we would do the initials on it. And our big joke was Michael Ryan Black was, MRB. So we just kept saying, Mr. B, Mr. B. And oh. that was his pile. And I gave them everything I had. And then I went and retreated to where, I, and, and it's, I was retreating to an infant who needed to be fed, yes. but it was still quiet. Okay. Yeah. And it was still gave me that time. And so when this really started to shift in our culture was we lived very much village life until after World War II, yes. which everyone hears me talk about all the time. Yes. And 
what happened then is we moved into suburbs and off of wide open spaces and out of like eating with our neighbors and communing with our neighbors and helping each other raise our kids, watching out for our other people's kids, taking turns, um, older women really impressing wisdom on younger women and helping them at the same time. In the 1950s, women got really depressed being home. And the number one drug prescribed in the United States of America in 1950s was Valium. Really? And it was prescribed to women. Wow. And its nickname was Mother's Little Helper. Value. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of those well, in Cambodia. And I would places. just fall asleep. Okay. So I don't see how that would. <laughs> and if women were mixing that with their martinis, I can imagine that there was not a good parenting going on. <laughs> well, it's kind of like our, our COVID parenting, you know, it's like a little scary. But there's a lot of jokes about that on the internet right now. Like mama needs wine, mama needs, there's whole, you know, mama needs vodka or whatever. And it's funny, but it's not. Right. Because oh, um, what we're, the message that we're getting out there is I love a glass of wine. I love to relax with it. I love to, to go out with girlfriends and drink some wine. But if I am dependent on that to find my peace in motherhood, we are creating alcoholism <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of alcoholics that, or as our oldest son would, but everyone's functioning, mom, it's okay. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Because so we're all functioning all, all, all now. But um, it's it's not a good example for our children if we are saying things like, mommy needs a glass of wine. Because then as they get older, they're going to be like, oh, in order to cope with life, I need a substance. In order to cope with somebody like me, somebody has to drink because I'm not <laughs> worth it. No. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, again, we're not anti. No, not have at all. Have a glass of wine with not your husband, go on a date, do yeah. those things. But to say that you have to have it to cope with your yes. children is probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. And it's, it's, uh, it's not true. You no. don't have to drink alcohol to cope with your children and you shouldn't have to take um, value. I mean, a shot of whiskey every once in a while, fine. Mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, if we had to go to a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, I would probably <laughs> say, can we go to a sports bar after? <laughs> right. Because I would like to have a beer and watch some football or something yes. to change my mind from the scary big rat that we just encountered and all the screaming children. So we do that. But probably a better way to say that is mommy just needs some quiet time. And I used to say to our kids, okay, for the next 10 minutes, everybody talk inside your head. And they, you could watch their little eyes, like trying to see in their brain, like, what, in a, what am I saying to myself inside my head? Okay. So how do you do that? You've got three or four little ones yeah, and you've got one, you've got a breastfeed mm -hmm. and, um, how do you trust that? We couldn't always trust those kids to be alone. Mm -mm. So then if I could get home and help, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't always mm -hmm. the case. So, how, I mean, what does that realistically look like? Yeah. And I mean, for me, a one lunch with a girlfriend or a date with you and having something to look forward to was I, I can do this right now because I have I'm going to be a, a, a whole person and not. And then we end up going out and talking about our kids anyway. But to have something to look forward to, it kind of breaks up the, the yeah, monotony. And I, the, I want you to, that's what I wanted you to hear, man, is that we have got to uh, give our wife something to look forward to at the end of the day. I don't care how hard your work is. I don't care how much work we were born to work. We, we With the toil of our hands, we work as unto the Lord. The point is that we work really hard. That's our point. And we're okay with that. And we're good at that. And then what we work even harder at is how do we serve our wives, especially as they're becoming mothers or they are mothers, how do we serve them in, a, in that way that gives them that hope at the end of the day or the end of the week that there's something really special coming up? 
That's why we've always practiced a date night. Didn't matter if we just had to go in the room with a candle and have a little babysitter, even at the house or whatever we had to do. We just consistently dated each other for the last 20 years. Yeah. And I mean, there are going to be moments of chaos where you have absolutely no control over it. And in those moments, you got to take a deep breath and just kind of, you know, take it all in. And, and you always have to think, what do I have control over? What do I have no control over? But people that live in perpetual chaos yes. are going to have chaotic children. And the mothers that I have experienced that, that struggle maybe mentally or just really can't get their, their things together and I, I have compassion for them, but sometimes I think, you know, if you just did some simple steps here, you could take a lot of chaos out of your life. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to live in chaos. Okay. And so for but me, it's pretty chaotic when you have young, it is, but the best thing you can do is it's playtime and there's toys everywhere. That's how it is. But when playtime is over in school, they're going to learn you pick the, your things up and then we move to a different section. We need to have a big basket where all the things go in. And even a, an 18 month old can take their blocks and put it in a basket and they like it. Right. It's like a game. Yeah. Turn it Preschool into a teachers game. are right. smart. They may, they turn it into a game okay. and it's just part of it. So one of the things I did when our kids were really small was I made, because we had such strong leadership in all of our children <laughs> and everyone thought they were the boss and yes. everyone thought they should be the boss. I, one day I was like, why am I fighting this? I need to capitalize on this. Yes. And so our chart was supervisors and everyone had their chore or their job, but they were not, this is your chore. This is your job. You are the supervisor of this. And that made them, it empowered them. And then they were like, I'm, I'm the shoe supervisor. This the shoe supervisor. And instead of saying, Tyler is in charge of cleaning up the shoes. I said, Tyler, aren't you the shoe supervisor? And then he was like, I'm the shoe supervisor, which when you have six children, there's a lot of shoes. Yeah. And so he picked them up and organized them. There was a basket. He delivered them all to the, to the bedroom. We had a floor supervisor. So when the floor needed to be swept, that was that child. We had, you know, they had a, a bathroom supervisor and it was more of an empowering thing. And it was also great to manipulate their little minds to thinking that they were doing something really great. Well, and now leadership. they're all leaders. So they are you great you leaders. And you know away. what? Their houses are clean and organized yeah. and they, they're hard workers. We were worried for a little while there, but they, it turned out great. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily um, from my extraordinary mothering. I think they had choices that they could make what they wanted their life to look like. But if you live in a chaotic space, your mind is going to feel chaotic. Yeah. If there's clutter everywhere. All the time. All there's the gonna time. Be clutter, there's going to be clutter. But if, if people are throwing, you know, toys constantly and there's food everywhere, there it's going to be hard to bring that down yeah. because it does affect you. And so a particular mother that we worked with for a while that was very chaotic in her personality and she was, she couldn't sit. She couldn't like, there was really a lot going on there. Her children would be calm with me. But when I would take them to see her, they would start getting chaotic right, and can, hyper. It, and it yeah. took me two hours to bring them back down. Oof. Yeah. Actually, it took me about four hours to bring them back down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I called it re-entry. <laughs> 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 okay. okay. And there's sometimes where uh, us men can come and like you always say, it's bedtime and I'm throwing kids and bucking them and it's quiet time. And that was kind of my way of unwinding with them. Right. So we had to switch it because I <laughs> believe that dinner time is a family time of fun and conversation. Yeah. And if something serious comes up, we can deal with it there. And then 
after that, I was gearing the children down. And so like they have lavender baths and they have lavender lotion and I was massaging <laughs> toddlers and now. babies. Yeah. And then I would start bringing their heart rates down and then you would come and throw wow. them on the bed. Yeah. And then an hour and a half later when they're jumping on their bed and not sleeping, I was like, I really feel like this is your influence because I got their heart rates down and you got them. So it'd be great if you started maybe after dinner to roughhouse and throw them around. And then you were a teen. Well, when I was coming in to do their Bible stories, it was a perfect time to throw them on the bed. Anyway. Yeah. So it is good to talk about that stuff. And then quite cooperation is extremely cooperation. Yes. All right. What's got? Okay. So the, the, the one to five years is critical, obviously. And they, both parents the involved. most important right to set the foundation. It, it really is really important <clears throat> so if you're thinking in those those time these are the people i have the most compassion for in life are the people that have children with severe disabilities where there's no separation in the, how much they're going to need them yeah. we have friends that they they're, they're going to have diapers on their kids till they're in their 80s there's just no way around it <laughs> and so they're always going to be in that physical caregiving mode and your your dad's in that in a lot of ways and that that is exhausting yeah most of us however will find that it is a season from 1 to 5 where it's very physical for you and then they kind of start getting a little more independent physically they're still dependent on you emotionally and, and to provide for them, but it, it does switch. So this is a season where children are learning and they're curious and they touch things and they reach out for things. And it is our job as parents to protect them if their little hand is going to sort something that is going to hurt them. But I never really understood people that put out really valuable things for a one-year-old and then smacked their hand when they went to reach for it. Right. A child doesn't understand that that vase cost you $3 million. They just know that it's blue and it's pretty and they want to touch it. Right. So if you're parenting that way, you're an idiot. Right. Because, but I saw that when I had my kids, um, we would go to people's houses, like grandmother's houses or whatever. And they're wanting to smack right. my children. I'm like, can we maybe take the very expensive, precious moment and move it Away from the eight-month-old that's just learning to crawl. Are we, are we having a little and, wounding around? Yeah, the okay. that was hard for me. I didn't like that. And and they like they have to learn. I'm like, but at eight months old, they don't know that, and right. they're exploring. And so we have to make a safe place for them to explore, and we have to encourage their their adventures. And this generation is great about it. Yeah, they are they let their better. kids get dirty. They let them eat dirt. They we were told our kids would die if that happened. We bleached everything. And the truth is, I mean, these moms now the pacifier lands on the floor and they right. put it back in their well, mouth. I always did that too, but you didn't like well, it. Well, because you're a dad. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I wasn't raised that way. Yeah. I was told it would kill my child. Right. But it, it actually builds their it immune builds their system. Immunity. People, it's a really them. good thing. Yeah. Yes. All this hand sanitizer from COVID is probably going to kick our butts in the next 10 yeah, years it is. we're probably going to develop some new things that we can't fight off because right. we're trying to kill everything now right part of me loves that restaurants are finally cleaning yeah because i like you things love, clean love that, but part of me is like okay chill out with right. bleach and the the white bees and the stuff okay so the, the nurturing <laughs> oh fun the, stuff the nurturing in this time is is the most important thing one to five nurturing is the most important mm-hmm. and allowing them to be children okay Allowing them to, you know, feel things, touch things, experiment, walk, do things. And, 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 you know, a lot of young moms are getting their kids out in gardens now, which is amazing. Um, we are, as a society, going back to where we were 100 years ago because we're finding out that all our prescription drugs and all of our, you know, 
preservatives in our food has done more damage than good. Right. We thought that was the answer and that was the future. It's killed our immunity. All the antibiotics have destroyed our guts. Now we're all jacked up and we can't figure out why. And now this generation of parents is like, let's have a garden. Let's play in the dirt. Let's not take antibiotics. Let's let our bodies heal. Let's eat nutritious food. Let's eat organic food. And we're just going back to where we started. Right. Realizing it was good to start with. Right. We just charge a lot more for it now. Ooh, sorry. Lost my sorry, babe. Okay. okay. How, can, how can a man serve in that area? Well, I think it's, I think you're right. I, I love like our, again, let's brag about our daughter-in-law. She has a garden. They walk up to it. Our son and our daughter-in-law are the only people in our our family have little babies right now. Yeah. So. And they're, and they're, and they're awesome at it. Um, and I think again, we grew up, this is a little controversial. That's what we do. Well, I, I mean, the, the, here's a great, here's a great quick story. So I'm my special needs nephew. He's 29 and we bought him a bike bicycle for his birthday. And I took him out in the little neighborhood to teach him how to ride it. Now he's a big 29 year old. Um, and he doesn't have any balance. And so we didn't have the helmet yet. And I was being judged by the whole neighborhood. Of course, my dad, <laughs> who was a cowboy and is 81 and put me in the back of pickups and we flipped out of pickups and we didn't even know what helmets were. We rode motorcycles with, you know, uh, he was like, he didn't even think about it. He would, he was like, I was like, oops, sorry, uh, Justin didn't have a helmet. He's like, what? Like, we didn't even think of those things when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And now again, of course we want to protect them. Of course, we want to protect helmets are great. Brain. all those things are yeah. wonderful. Please don't give me a ton of feedback that I'm a vicious, horrible man. I'm just saying we've over coddled and over protected yeah. and we need to get them dirty. We need our yeah. kids in the dirt. Right. Yeah. And gardening is a good way to do that. Gardening is a great See, way to do the that. Soft side of my grandfather. Yeah. You, you are awesome that way. I actually said it to my dad um, who has had four major head injuries that Noah was like, skateboarding now and he didn't plan on wearing a helmet i'm like you're fine you're not going that fast he's not the most daredevil of our children and my dad was my dad who strapped me on him when i was six months old and took me on harley rides yeah when i didn't have a helmet eventually yeah. when i got older he bought me a little baby helmet um this man now as a great grandfather is like you you make noah wear a helmet right i'm like wow things change <laughs> So interesting. <laughs> well, few, it is wisdom. A few head head course. injuries, and he's a different man. Yeah, well, <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> yeah, the head injuries. Of course, it's wisdom, but we can't like over panic about it all the time. No, and and what I did was I literally burst our son Noah into fear. We had been through so much trauma already by the time he was born that I pushed him out and I clothed him in fear. And now he's spending his life as an 18 year old stepping out in things that he didn't do when he was younger, because I put so much fear in him. And it was because I thought if anything happens, this child, I'll die. He picks that up. And so he became very cautious and it wasn't risk taking. That's interesting. So, and and I would agree with that, except that you've done way much better as he's gotten older. Well, he's going to be 18 next month. So I probably or in two days or something yeah i probably days, yeah. should yeah okay so i mean so let's talk about that when we parent our children in fear especially in this one to five age range mm-hmm. it literally imparts fear into their little spirits yes and they react to things out of fear yes instead of we re- reproduce faith yes we're not stupid we're not don't wear a helmet we but we do produce faith we produce you get to go out and get dirty you're not always having to put hand sanitizer all the time because you need to get immune to some things, right? Yes. And, and 
you can watch a, a three-year-old little girl who her dad's like, let's try the balance beam. And she's like doing the balance beam. Yeah. If mom is fearful of that she'll see her mother's face and she will lose confidence yes and so there were times where i was like so-and-so needs to learn how to bike ride a bike that's a dad thing because my fear and my protective instinct is going to stop him from feeling confident yeah. so that's a good there are things that we all we i was like you need to deal with this because you're not afraid of anything and i want my child to do this this is a good thing but they're going to see me and it's going they're going to lose confidence yeah. in that so it's good to know that okay all right so in as far as self care we'll wrap up with this um this is a, a big question for all humans right now because we are having a lot of fake rest so a huge chunk fake of rests. this generation is they veg on Netflix or they veg on media or they veg like they are feeding themselves hours and hours and hours of video games. Their bodies aren't moving. I've never seen a person that's a gamer that's in great shape. Right. You know, I've never seen a young woman who is really um, in great shape that that believes that, you know, are really healthy, that will spend an entire weekend in her pajamas eating ice cream and watching shows that probably are not like really building her spirit or building her as a woman. <clears throat> and then we're wondering why we're depressed and yeah. we're wondering why we don't feel good. And we wonder why. Well, and the other thing we notice a lot in, in, in this, as we're coaching young parents is they let their kids watch everything. They do like horror flicks. And yeah. And that, then our I mean, kids are scared and we don't know why. And, yeah. I, and I, the thing I asked of our older kids when we had Noah was guys, I know he's going to see things. I know he's going to be exposed to things. I don't want to put him in a bubble, but if we can maintain innocence as long as possible, it will give him a firmer foundation of, of confidence in dealing with those. Again, things. not fear. No, not, but out of wisdom that he, this little four-year-old probably shouldn't be watching it. Well, we are anesthetized. Uh, like the things that scared us when we were little are, I remember my heart rate going up over a, a you know, a movie that was made in the 1930s. that was a black and white on a Saturday. And at six years old, I walked in the room and this woman was being choked and I was, it really bothered me. I had nightmares for weeks. That is so mild compared to what our kids are exposed to now. And I know someone's going to say that's real life. That's whatever. Even children that have been through wartime, eventually the war ends. Right. When we have violence and scary, terrifying things coming at them all the time, their bodies are revved up all the time in a fight or flight mode. That's going to affect their health. It's going to affect their mental health. It's going to affect everything. So I strongly disagree with this theory that we don't, we don't protect children from those things. We need, we need to protect them from it as much as we can. Okay. So a, a woman that is in the wonder years, as I call them, I call them the wiping years because you're either wiping someone's butt, someone's nose or a countertop. Okay. It's very glamorous stuff. <laughs> um, you, the, how do you take care of yourself when you're giving yeah. everything away? And so you have to adjust your ideas of what that looks like. Okay. When you're single or you're, you're in a relationship and you don't have any children, you can go to the gym for two or three hours. Right. Putting your kid in the gym, um, you know, daycare for four hours is probably not going to be beneficial to either of you. And so you have to rethink like, what does this look like? So getting outside in the sunshine on a nice day, going for a walk, picking flowers, it may not be the activity that you would choose if you didn't have children, but fresh air 
And vitamin D in the sun is going to feed your spirit, soul, mind, and body. Okay. And and good nutrition. So if you live like in Seattle, mm-hmm. or if you live in the Midwest with the humidity, and it's you cannot get out there mm-hmm. and get some sun, what do you do? <laughs> Move. <laughs> I love it. I am considerably happier in Colorado than I am any other place. And I loved Spain because the sun was always shining. And that affects me. And it affects several of our kids. And when we go to places that are always overcast or always raining, I feel it. And we have, there is, there is a transference of that, that sunlight and that vitamin D that actually does feed our body nutrition. So you've got to, you've got to figure that when it's a nice day, get out there. Yeah. When it's a rainy day, snuggle in and deal with it. But I always had a treadmill wherever my kids were playing because I needed to move. And I raised my kids in Michigan when they were really little and it, you don't go outside, you die. Like you, you can't, and there's nowhere to go and nothing to do. And so I, I actually lost 40 pounds after I had Alexis walking inside my house and my house was 900 square feet. Yeah. So where there's a will, there's a way. Okay. So figure out a way yeah. to bring exercise. Take, to take care of yourself. Okay. Do yoga with your babies. Yes. They love it. Be creative with that. Give your brain a boost. So if your kids really like coloring or doing something like that, that's a great time to write in your journal and, or you could color with them or you could look at a magazine or you could read a book or whatever, but keep your brain going like a couple. We start our day with prayer and meditation and it's a habit that you and I both have. We, we're not together when we do that. Usually sit on the couch. I usually prop myself up somewhere. We, we start our our day that way and meditation and breathing helps everybody. Right. It's across the board. And so teach it to your kids. Yes. Okay. And teach them, teach them how good it is to be quiet. All right. Yeah. So self-care, exercise, sunlight. What else? Pampering yourself. All right. How do you pamper yourself? Well, it was very, it's always very important. You have a child hanging off your boob all day long. (laughs) How do you pamper yourself? This is, you know, our kids knew that it was important to me to take care of myself and it made me feel better. And I do think it made me a better mother. Um, If I went two or three days with, you know, yoga pants and no makeup and, you know, maybe not shaving legs or whatever. I couldn't wait to feel like a woman again. And to me, that is shave legs and a decent outfit and that you could be comfortable and feel good. Yes. You don't have to be frumpy. It's, there's a lot of options out there, but if you take care of yourself, when I was so, so pregnant with Noah, I couldn't reach my toes And I really wanted my toes painted. And Caleb was five at the time and he loved painting my toes. He loved it so much that he became obsessed with it. And he always picked bright red (laughs) and it looked like my toes were bleeding. Yes. Because, but he, it kept him busy. I mean, he was so focused. I literally could relax. And then after he'd go to bed, I would ask you to take it off. And then the next day he'd do it all over again. But did you feel pampered in that? I, it was sweet. It was really sweet. And Michael used to brush my hair. Yes. One time he did put knots in it, but, um, I just, I brought, I just taught them like, this is how we take care of ourselves. I I can help take care of you. You can help take care of me. We can take care of each other, but it's amazing how you can feel horrible and you take a 10 minute hot shower and shave your legs and wash your hair and you feel like a new woman. Yeah. Or you got a nap or whatever, but you feel better. Or as a man, you come at the end of the week and say, look, baby, you go, go do, go get your pedicure, your manicure. I got the kids get out of here for at least 
all day. Mm-hmm. And you would say to me, I need a day. And mm-hmm. I would say, absolutely. I still need go. a day. Right. We're not currently raising any children. Noah right. lives with us, but absolutely he's very independent. But I still take a day where I walk around Target and I don't, I, and I see little, I see moms with, with, um, babies, you know, in their cart and they're overflowing and they're, they're looking a little frazzled. And I, I pray for her and I thank God that I'm not her because <laughs> I can take my time. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's brilliant. Okay. Right. And then finding time, we women need relationships. Men need relationships yes. outside of the outside home. of the home. And we often will look to our, I, for years, I looked to you as my everything, which put a lot of pressure on you. Yep. When you got home, I was like, oh, adult conversation. Oh, someone who speaks English. Like, this is amazing. Uh, it was a lot of pressure on you. And so fostering. Because I don't speak English. Fostering healthy relationships is a really good thing. Yes. I was still giving every relationship I was in mostly was people still needed something from me. People wanted to tell me about their issues. People wanted to tell me about their dreams. People, I'm, I, something about me, people want to tell me their innermost things. I had to find people where we were like, it was a ping pong. Which is hard to find. Very hard to find. Yeah. But you've, we both have found those people. And I just taught the interns this yesterday. You're the average of the five people that you hang around. So true. And so you've got to get people that are above you that you can just go to and and be yourself and not need to minister to or help or provide, which is 99% of our lives. But we have men and women around us that we can just go hang with and be with. And there's no expectation yes, and no agenda, yes. but they're healthy people. Yes. I, so a lot of us have to separate the people that we're serving and have no expectation except for to serve them. And then we have to have people that we are in a, a ping pong Friendship. You yes. talk, then I talk, then you talk, right. then I talk. And you ask me how I am, I ask you how you are. And we listen to each other. And then I, I've always had someone older than me to bring me some perspective. Right. And I'm not, my mental health is not dependent on a counselor or a mentor. That's, that's where it, it gets exhausting for everybody. I'm responsible for my mental health. Yes. And so me taking care of myself makes that difference. Absolutely. But it's going to look different than it did. Oh. But it'll go back there again. Okay. One day. Okay. Okay. We should probably wrap it up. We'll continue next time. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pamper yourself, women. Just adjust to your current life. Figure out what it is that you need and then make it happen. Okay. And, and men, come around them, be creative and help them even if you don't get it because you really don't need it nearly as bad as they do. Women's jobs are way harder than ours, especially when they're balancing a career and babies. And serve them in that. Figure out how to get them out of the house. You don't have any money, get creative. If you have a little money, get them a a pedicure or a manicure. Serve them well. GaryandLisaBlack.com, new coaching site up. Uh, Patreon.com slash GaryandLisaBlack if you want to watch the videos of these. iTunes, SoundCloud out on Friday. We love this. We'll pick up on the next um, the next podcast with some more self-care for motherhood. Okay. And then we'll go into some more of the stages. Awesome. We're going to go all the way to adulthood. All the way. Your children going all when the way to adulthood. When you are parenting adults, you never stop parenting. Oh, obviously you never do. considerably. You never do. It's so fun. It is. It's fun. Every season is yeah. fun and every season You get to fun. relive your life watching your children it's grow true. up and do. do these things. It's okay, really guys. Fun. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.